0: Jason, You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
1: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
0: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
1: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
2: This could be a wild show. Let's find out. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey, and our producer, Tony Gill. I, I hope... I hope you're going to keep it together today, Tom, because I don't want this to be our last episode. Go out with a bang. I feel like there's so many ways you could make it our last episode. We want to keep doing this show. By the way, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by BetUS. Yes. BetUS.com.pa and use the promo code Sports Adjacent, all one word, to get a 125% sign up bonus. That means you start your account with $100. They'll kick you an extra $25. To make your first bet, go to betus.com.pa. Tell me nah. what's going on, man. What's, what's your next podcast going to be? I'm worried. You going over to like News Nation or One America <laughs> Network? What are you doing, buddy? Because I missed all these texts until just now I saw them. Yo, that man was wild. Like, I was like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Agent, and I'm like, I'm like looking. I'm like, I don't know what to say. There's is this, uh, I, I like is to- this. like Was this like an, uh, like a, this is not for the show. Let me just be completely clear with you about no, that. Add that shit in. No, like were you no. were you just like were you just like this will be funny? Let's see if I can get Lawrence like really riled up, pretending like I don't know stuff.
0: I think. I think uh, he doesn't know stuff. I think. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, but I think a good exercise for people trying to operate in the funny business um, is try to find situations. That you don't think there's <clears throat> a joke in, and just kind of see if you can find one.
1: I figured that's what he was going at, and I was just like Tony. Sometimes you don't have to find a joke. <clears throat> in everything.
0: Oh no, no, no! Every time, every time. No. It's the only way to work. I exercise that part okay. of the brain. And again, I'm not saying it's. This is for the public consumption. This is. A I don't private, even want it for my consumption. This is a private <laughs> chat,
2: a <laughs> private group yeah. that we can um, operate in. I don't know that that was that safe of a space. Um, like. I don't know if you're cool with Lawrence now. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I'm good with Lawrence. Come on. I don't think you know
0: that. Well, On my end, I'm cool with Lawrence. <laughs> you, you know what's funny?
1: Lawrence be talking you up so much. Like on the Evan Altman <laughs> episode of uh, House of L, at the end, he was like, Tony Gill said something. Honestly, it was very sweet. He was talking about the thing about love, which was overrated. <laughs> uh, your soliloquy <laughs> that of the first lover in the history of mankind, Tony mm-hmm. Gill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I'm like, you say that, Lawrence, but then your man's two not, not twenty-four hours later, does this. <laughs> this man said
2: Any group done it better. Stop. Stop. Russ, you understand he dreams of a podcast where he can say stuff like that. Like that doesn't unless you're going to go on Outkick or join Aubrey Huff. I know it's so weird like how well he might actually fit in on a show he like he fit that. in over there like And not you- not cuz not because he has views aligned with them but just because he's super weird and um completely uninformed.
0: You know, I think I think that uh, a podcast would definitely work. But for the wrong reasons, um and not up with the group that I want to be associated with. <laughs> These are all the problems. Um, right? and, and it's and it's only because it's like <laughs> there's like weird people. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want to hit a small select specific group, right? That knows that all of this and, is jokes. And if if you come from a space of jokes, no ill intent trying to actually have understanding of another human being like you can delve into spaces and not offend or hurt anybody but i understand that people are now are zero sum um with very little nuance uh and very tough senses of humor that you can't really openly express um things in a in a manner on a uh understanding and on a i don't want to hurt anybody level every like and i get it right i understand it that's why i have friends that's why i have a friend group i'll take it there like everything is for public consumption but i do fear you, you almost
2: got canceled by your friend group today i think i i do
0: fear i was close hey <laughs> you know i do fear the the people not being able to reach and go over things out of fear I don't want to do things out of fear. If I want a general understanding, or you know, delve into a conversation to flesh out some stuff, I'm gonna roam freely. Uh, as you do. Uh-huh. Here's my thing, Tony, and I feel like
1: we bring this up like every other week. Uh-huh. You're not Dave Chappelle. I know. So I'm there sure comes a, a, no, 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 listen to me. So there comes a point in time where your employer will be like, Tony is not worth what we're paying him to put up with this. Uh-huh. Dave Chappelle is one of the top five
0: comedians in the history of the world. Uh-huh. It's a difference, right? But I, but I also don't go on public spaces and do it. I may delve a little bit, give you a little taste, but I'm not
2: going full threshold. Like you want it. to? You want, to. We, want we to? we we I mean, stop you. You, do you realize it's how like, many things we've, st- how many fires we've put out in advance for you? Hey. Yep. This is what we're talking about when when you getting on Russ about profanity, and mm-hmm. Russ and I are both telling you, two of your friends, two very reasonable people saying, no, 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 what you say on here is worse than profanity. Yo, I think I'll fully accept those consequences. <laughs>
1: That's a I have a fallback option answer, because if your ass on the street,
0: mm. you feel differently, buddy. I think like. I'm not I'm not afraid of work like if I had to work if I had to go back to White castle I left on a good note i put in my two weeks oh stop like if stop I needed it. to go back to White castle I'd be a manager within you know a couple months or so and then I'd just start from there
2: start from there what do you mean start from there like you'd own White castle at the end of it like if you'd be I the
0: CEO? Had, <laughs> maybe you know maybe start start my own franchise branch you know Tony, the, there is there's when you lose everything mm-hmm. like
1: why would you want that
2: um i mean you gotta live like that sounds funny but like right, why would right. you wanna because it would make little- for some really good instagram videos you, gotta live. you, you can to
0: live do. without losing everything bro right right i mean are you really living it up if you're not willing to risk everything bro,
1: bro think of all the people that who have ever said the n-word who weren't supposed to say it <laughs> there's like millions of words <laughs> but you were like i refuse to not say this one and then you lost everything is it worth it
0: uh no, no, no. Creatively, creatively. If you're just saying it just a saying, it, it's like, come on, bro. Like what are we doing that's that's Still doing that. Of the time. <laughs> but but that's that's the difference between me and then the other person that would in this case be said canceled is I'm always searching for where's where's the joke? Where's the understanding? Where's the, you know, the mutual kind of intent of I'm not trying to hurt. I'm trying to understand um where is that aspect versus somebody that is malicious in their intent i'm not malicious can
2: you can you see me as malicious <laughs> no that's true yes no no he's not malicious but it's like it's that's like people if you are malicious if, want you to think no, but it's like if, uh, if you know, the, the local five-year-old in your neighborhood got a hold of a bazooka and started just kind of winging it around, not paying attention. Once
1: again, Tony don't get that benefit of the doubt as a 30-year-old man.
2: Right. Well, I'm saying it's not malicious, but, uh, you know, some things are going to blow up.
1: Tony, here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I would make myself sick if I lost that saying some type of slur or something
0: like, you know what I'm saying? Like. I mean, wait, hold up. First of all, I don't want people out here thinking I'm just like spewing off slurs in private. Like I am not doing that. <laughs> I you that's literally true. defended people saying uh, the N word and saying, "Well, it's for creativity." No, I'm not defending that. Like there was a, a somebody had a, a somebody white had a good joke and said it. I can't remember the comedian. <laughs> See, it might have been it might have been Louis C.K. It might have been is Louis C.K. Yeah, Louis CK. That, 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 that was a funny. That was a funny joke. You defended this. This is like, the same guy that jerks I'm, I'm, off in front of people. You understand what I'm, he I'm does de- for a I'm job continuing. right
2: now, right, Tony? I'm
0: defending uh, Blackface by uh, Robert Downey Jr., also hilarious. Like, there's creative spaces that make the, the awkward and the touchy subject funny. There are examples of that. I don't want to be denied that level of entertainment out of fear, is my whole thing. And people are going to miss. People are going to miss, and people miss more often than not. But the fear of trying. In the I space think of, you should entertainment have a little bit of, of healthy fear in, if you
2: like uh, keeping
1: your salary and your job. Like here is my thing. Um, so I am going to go into c- comic vein. So Neil Brennan came up with Ashley Leary, right? Mm-hmm. That I think that is like the perfect balance of. This is a really funny joke mm-hmm. that. Reaches a certain demographic, mm-hmm.
0: but it's also not too far over the line. You know how what many? Agreed. How, how many times do you think he missed? Though, working workshopping that. If I mean, it, the, it, if it, if, it, if he doesn't, if he has the fear of being canceled and what the fear of losing his job might be, he doesn't have the courage to workshop that character. If he has the opportunity to say, hey, no, nah, that's a little bit too much. Bring it back. That's, you know, eh, bring it back some. OK, let's do this instead. Like the ability. That's what I'm fighting for. Right. The ability to workshop ideas without fear gives gets you to the thing that you want. The Declaration of Independence didn't wasn't wrote, written out in the day. Like you got to workshop all these ideas. And it, again, fear doesn't allow you to workshop through ideas to create the best product. Two
1: things with that. You mm-hmm. can you're allowed to workshop that in a writer's room of other comedians mm-hmm. where you know that's gonna stay there until you guys get it wrapped. Second of all, comedians are allowed certain rules that other people aren't. It, that's just the fact of the matter,
2: like they're saying you they can say. No, so they, I mean like, no, no, no stand-up say no stand-up comedian, comedian is also working as a local middle school principal or something like that. I mean, they're also a human being like they're they're workshopping these
0: ideas in front of people not just in a small room they still got to work that work that joke out in a crowd in public like and if it doesn't work out in the small club where people say ooh okay maybe i'll pull back on this point or like that's that's what i'm saying that's all my point is is the ability to workshop ideas to workshop this, to have discussions without fear is what i'm saying is 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 what i do as a professional in our small group and then sometimes a little bit in the public space like this like this conversation i think is a super interesting conversation for people who enjoy content or just want to have a better understanding or too or too afraid to ask questions of what they might get in return like i don't think that's know quite fair i don't think that's the best way to live as a human being is out of fear of being canceled so that's that's just my whole thing i
1: agree in the sense that you you it that's not necessarily a healthy way to live of man like i don't want to get canceled at the same time i do think as a society we do have to grow and like i look back at a lot of things like i love stand up i think all of us here do i look back at some things from eddie murphy raw and I'm like, yo, nah, bro, that sh- don't work anymore. Or like, mm-hmm. even Dave and uh, I think it was the third special where he said homophobic slur for gay people, right? Mm-hmm. Even in that, where he's trying to explain why can he say the N word and not that, mm-hmm. it's still like. Mm. No, I can't say that word Dave shouldn't say that word mm-hmm. and if anybody else outside of in a who's not in a comedic space says that they're gone like there's zero exception for it and I think that's okay
0: like I don't think you should be saying that uh, I mean I think you're also operating from two different platforms on those things Eddie said those things in a time where that's obviously what I'm saying. it was wrong but it was I'm cool I'm looking but, back 30 years later and being but if, like we shouldn't but we should if, grow from that but if agreed but if Eddie isn't allowed to grow, we don't get more Eddie Murphy content. If he's canceled at that point, at that young age. Eddie was young when he was like popping, like early yeah, 20s, he was 25 and that. Right, yeah. When when raw came out, right? If he's canceled at that point, we don't get the rest of Eddie Murphy. Like people are hypocrites on the, on this front where you said this bad thing. You get out of here. Like, you have never done anything bad in your life. Like, that's so hypocritical to me. That's so whack. Like. Now, that's a conversation people, to have. Give people the opportunity. Again, going back to just the content now transferring into real mm-hmm. life. Give people grace, man. Like, you want it? Like, do you want to oh, be called I, out for well, all Well, no, we talk, stuff about, we talk all the time, time about really I agree like, with life.
1: That. Life is about growth, right? Right. And like, if we it, don't
0: allow people to grow, what,
1: right? like,
0: the difference you know, is if that person okay. isn't showing the signs of wanting to grow and progress that conversation or that content. If they just want to be in the gutter and do that all the time, it, if that's their character, then yeah, I agree. They got to get out of here. Like if Ray if Rice person,
1: continued to beat women
0: after the right. video came out. And I'm not saying he does. Like in that, I'm not saying he deserves to get back in the NFL. But he needs, to, in order to get in the good graces of society, at that point, you need to show that you're, you're remorseful and that you're doing your duty and your diligence to grow as a human being but like when we just said i can never come back because of dog fighting exactly i I agree with that we, we again and going back to what the our original conversation was about content we need to be able to workshop and work out these things in a comfortable space to get the best and to promote growth how do we know where the lines are if we don't push them like we if we wanted to find the lines we got to go over the line sometimes and say oh no 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 that's that's too far bring it back some all right cool i can bring it back some but we never do that if we're constantly that's why we're getting this mediocre content these days that's why nobody's really listening watching snl it's everybody's looking for hand claps instead of actually finding where the good content is i don't want hand claps like i don't want a lot of people agreeing with me all the time like I want to have a good time and enjoy what I do. I can't do that looking for hand claps all the time. That's why comedy is suffering. That's why a lot of entertainment is suffering right now because people are looking for hand claps instead of making the best content possible
2: because they are operating out of fear and that blows. I agree with that from a creative standpoint, Russ. He's right. But what what you're pining for, I think in somewhat in the same way that Dave Chappelle is pining for is... An era that doesn't exist anymore. Bingo. I mean you you want the rules to be different, but you can want them to be different all you want. They this is what they are in 2021. And almost everybody uh doesn't want to risk their job over that. Their their I, their income and employment.
1: I'm with I understand what you're saying, Tony, and I think in a lot of it's a very nuanced line because in one regard I do think Life is about growth and we have to allow people to grow. But I think when it comes to now, and I don't know what the right answer is either, to be honest with you. And like, what? how can we find the line if we don't push it? I think that's a good question. And it's the right question to ask. At the same time, like, are you willing, somebody gonna lose their job for trying to push the line, right? Oh, people have, plenty of people have. Right. And their only intent was, I don't, I mean, how did I go over if I didn't know where the line was? So, I don't think there's something all something terrible that you're saying. I'm just saying, like it's it's hard to say. Man, I want to push this, but like, is it worth losing my livelihood over it? Yeah, especially when you're not
2: at a Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K. even Louis C.K. level. I mean, he, he. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a free market in terms of content creation. Tony is correct about that. You are right about that, Tony. But that's the reality that we work with it within. And I don't think there's that many people. Most people, as Russ was saying, don't don't have the leverage that Dave Chappelle does. Dave Chappelle probably can come back three or five years from now with a stand up special that somebody's going to pay him the same amount of money for probably because he's popular enough. Almost everybody else is not in that case in that situation that's, you know that's, that's the way it is man this is an excellent conversation I don't
1: think I mean, but but there's successes
0: there are plenty of successes out right now I think there's the uh, Andrew Schultz right a guy that I you know follow mm-hmm. wildly, su- wildly successful I like Schultz like, Schultz definitely
1: a, pushes the, he's one somebody who I think definitely always like all right I'm gonna push a little further a little right. further a little further
0: but it, but it take t- I get it takes a lot of effort to have that nuance in there but I'm willing to put in that effort right also like, there are people who hate yeah, jokes I think hate, that comes right, with that right? and that's okay I'm yeah. saying that's okay but to don't just don't if you don't like it that much you don't have to watch the content what I'm saying is it, creators need to be able to operate freely and to go a step further people need to be able to have conversations freely in open spaces if they are there for the intent of understanding and to promote and to grow and to be better i don't think you be better by saying don't say that okay
2: i agree no i agree that is the best way (laughs) that is the best way if content is the priority but i for everybody i don't know if content is the priority content is up there but Keeping my job is ahead of that, is the priority above that. Speaking of in the chat, uh, like Tony did have the sense to workshop, if you want to call it that, some of these thoughts he had today. At least it was on text. At least this wasn't like an open Twitter conversation that he was having or something you like You know, it's funny. Uh, if
1: If Tony was a comedian, the would be an excellent joke. Okay. <laughs> that would be a really good joke. For a mature audience, but really, really funny joke. I would laugh, <laughs> but also it does. It,
0: it does two things on it a random Tuesday things. night. <laughs> wow. It, it, it acknowledges
2: why? it acknowledges tell you, man, to get in on this tech, to, to have not seen any of this, bro. My whole you, time I'm like, Jason is probably going crazy. <laughs> no, I didn't know that all happened at once for me. It was like a nuclear bomb because I, 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 when you find a text thread on your phone that you haven't caught and there's like 12 missed notifications on that thread you start with the most recent so you start with the final text of it and I'm looking at that I'm like where did this conversation begin and I'm reading through it backward like oh my gosh Tony no 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 Tony no it's every day
1: it's every day no but like this was my reaction when I first read what Tony was getting that I was like I was, I was like, and then in verbally, I'm saying like, Tony, no, and then I'm texting, and then I'm like deleting stuff, and I'm like, oh. he had free time on a Tuesday night.
0: He was just trying to screw with us. His Man, mind was throw, wandering. It's a monkey wrench in my friend's night. I was thinking about that all day. She, we, I was thinking about that since it was breakfast. I was like, there's, there's, there's a joke in there. Then I found it, and I was like, ah, it's funny.
2: Okay, all right. <laughs> Russ, how you been, man? Oh, busy,
1: man. Uh, I am in undisclosed location, mm-hmm. taking care of some business. Um, but I am... I, I, since the last time I saw you guys, had birthday today. Mm-hmm. When we were hey. my mom's birthday, so Crap, shout out to my mom. But I have my party horn. My bad. <laughs> Wait.
0: go back, What's the other name for it? Yeah, <laughs> what's your, what was your favorite name for it? <laughs> Um, it was like the blow tickler. That might've been my
2: favorite. (laughs) Um, I I think that, I think this, the 15 seconds or whatever it was of him reading all the different names that you can call that party horn. That was might really have been funny. might have been my favorite 15 seconds of the entire show. <laughs> no, we, like the history was, of the show. The his that was
1: a that was really good, um, really good. Was, pro- actual producing by Tony. He did yeah. it.
2: Yeah, he did it for once. It was like watching your kid learn to ride a bike. Tony, uh, you see
1: what happens nine
0: months yeah, in us doing this podcast right, when you actually right. produce. Live if, if practice. we don't we don't get that information. If I don't know the information, guys, not knowing stuff
2: is good. All right, take I take back my compliments. Yes. <laughs> just that fast like just proudly <laughs> uninformed proudly uninformed intentionally uninformed not not a uh not a dumb person at all not a person incapable of learning a person allergic to learning a person who refuses it at every turn correct tony am i putting that correct yeah i went to barnes and noble and i'm like wow this is still still around almost a library almost damn Why tony were just almost. found out yesterday that people actually still read books yeah I was, wow, was a bunch of people in there i was like wow i'm guessing that after some of your texts today lawrence could recommend a few books to you uh <laughs> please, what please. were you doing in a barnes and noble and when and where uh, and good you should do it more often today
0: um <laughs> uh, my girlfriend was buying gifts oh, for here we go my good. family uh and we got my sister uh a journal my sister likes to write okay um and all those things wait She's-
1: time out you're like
0: you're you're saying
1: the gifts on our podcast. Ah, she's not going to listen. Come on. You, get, you guys know fam- how this works. Yeah, Nobody I, I, my I, family that's that's one of the things is. we've covered, Russ.
2: There's no <laughs> accountability for him like there is for us. No like fear, baby. Both, both of your parents and I'm sure your brother listen to every episode or almost every episode. Most people I know us. listen to our podcast. Yes. Uh, my wife listens to every minute. My parents listen. And that has gotten me in trouble at some points. I think I got in trouble with one of your parents at one point. Uh, none of that happens for Tony. None of that happens with Tony. And that's, I think, where some of this freewheeling uh, freewheeling ideas come from for him, because no one that he knows is going to hear this. He's on 17 different podcasts. Nobody could keep track of all the things he says, even if they wanted to. Tony, look at the what you've done to the people you care about. Mm. <laughs> where they're just like i
1: can't even my heart won't even let me listen because i don't know what's gonna be said like look what you've done to the people you love
2: all right go on with the rest of it tony what else you might as well wait stephanie stephanie listens to this podcast no she does not she does in part no she doesn't mm-hmm. okay <laughs> we gonna find out yeah don't you think me. don't you think we would have found out by now I mean, come on, there's been a lot.
1: Listen, listen, he going to let something slip and he going to be on that couch. (laughs)
2: What else? He's laughing like it's a joke. He He thinks everything. You still got the second joke. Can Can I slide through? But See, like he thinks it's he thinks everything's a joke. And it's not that he believes it would never happen. It's that he thinks even if it did happen, it'd still be really funny. All right. We'll see if he thinks that when we get to that actually happening what else tony what else did you get do or get at this barnes and noble um
0: and also the, if the you're
2: clue. if you live in chicago i think it's pronounced barnes and nobles you got to stick out yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah i thought amazon i honestly
0: i thought amazon got them about the paint honestly that's why i was so surprised mostly mostly that <laughs> that it was still around um but yeah they were having like this sale like 50 percent off 75 percent off i was like right i mean why would i come here when you know if I were to pick up a book, the library is a hundred percent off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at this point in my life, I only <laughs> I only buy books to support friends, like Evan okay. F. Moore. Yeah, you bought, bought Evan's book. book. I bought yeah. Evan's book. Um, my friends that are authors, I try and buy and support because uh, that's what a good friend does. Uh, but everybody else, okay. mm, uh, I'll. Get the excerpts on Twitter if it's wild. Well. Did
2: you buy anybody a book when you were in this Barnes and Noble? Did you buy a book for someone as a gift? Oh no. Okay, good. Because that would be very hypocritical. You can't be out here giving out homework to other people that you're not doing.
1: Tony, Tony is the type. A friend to be like, yo! I was at Barnes and Noble. Uh, they had Kama Sutra in there, so here you go. <laughs> <laughs> like
2: that's hundred percent, Tony. Do you think? Do you think that he could keep it together, giving you that as a gift, Russ? Do you think he could like keep from giggling? Tony, if there was some if there was some House of L Christmas party where there was a gift exchange, and which Tony will gives- be having by the way, we should have did, El- C- uh, did a House of L El- We should have did House of L Secret Santa actually. Okay, we still have time. Christmas, You yeah, we got. Time. Can't you picture him getting you that, Russ? And the whole time, like snickering and be like, <clears throat> "Open it, Russ. Open my gift." Tony, no, Tony. Tony is definitely like, "Hey, bro, it's not even gift see, opening
1: time." You see where the paperclip is? <laughs> Start nodding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be like what? It ain't uh, for Russ. <laughs>
2: I imagine Tony walking into a Barnes and Noble as a totally different person than the person that we know. Walking in there with your girlfriend, your serious, very uh, sophisticated, elegant, mature girlfriend. I imagine you walking in there with like a sweater, uh, going to the philosophy section or something like, hey, let's talk about Socrates. The whole time I was just thinking of jokes
0: or things to make the workers awkward with. Um oh, like- really? We need the information on where to find the journals, and I was like, "Wait one second, um, I need help finding a book. Like, I really want to make better love. Like, where can I find that section? You know, I really just want to put my best foot forward, my best effort. How do I become a better lover? Please guide me to that mm-hmm. section of the Barnes and Nobles,
2: <laughs> a self-help or DIY book on on lovemaking. Okay, yeah." So these people who are working for, you know, minimum wage or close to it and are risking their health every day coming into Barnes and Noble at a time when uh, every place in the world is short-staffed, what you're going to do is just uh, bleep with them for your own amusement. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, great. Russ, is baseball still locked out? (laughs) Yes. All right. Yes, that's our baseball news for the day. Yep, uh, that'll be uh, that's our baseball roundup. <laughs> Still locked up. Can you tell me what's going on, real quick, though, before we uh, move on from this? Um, not, not, not. I I'm not looking for updates on the CBA negotiations. Good, because I wasn't trying to give them to you. What is going on? Like, what all do teams have to do? Stripping things off their websites and stuff like. What is all this? Because I've kind of heard bits and pieces of it. What What is it? Posturing. What all are they doing, and why?
1: They're posturing.
0: To, it's a, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's, the it's equivalent really, of a player deleting ahead. all team stuff from their Instagrams. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> like they're not even, there's no negotiation going on right now. They're not even I, meeting. Like we're going to get to end of January, February, and then it's going to be like, oh, well, we don't want to miss games. So let's like try this again. It's, it's annoying and frustrating and it's bad for the game, but situation we're in
0: after every one of these uh they just say all right open market on steroids we gotta get the fans back like just every time they got a lockout or a, uh what's the other what's the player one strike a strike strike yeah yes That very next season nobody gets pop for steroids no Tony that bounce
2: back huh? that's
0: how you bounce back baby
1: that's why people don't ask you for suggestions Tony <laughs> <laughs> hey just trying to
0: change the game make the game better tim anderson right
2: yes a lot of good ideas. i, I don't tim. think
0: that's what tim had in
2: mind <laughs> yeah what tim I, had in mind. once baseball starts again we should get a hold of him and run that by him and be like hey is is tony's interpretation of your words uh correct tim I,
0: anderson. if you ask them all baseball players major league baseball players if you if there was no penalty to take steroids would you take steroids percentage wise for us how many you think would say yeah I'm not answering that question, Tony. Also, I promise.
1: You gotta talk to more baseball players it's not, the answer. Probably isn't what you think.
2: Is this a radio show from 20 years ago or what? Uh, yeah, I don't know where Tony's. I don't Tony's been listening yeah, to a lot you, of Mike bro. Francesa, bro. Uh, Wouldn't all the players Tony not to do it? Wouldn't it be great if just level playing field? No one had to put that in their body. Uh-huh. Isn't that what they want? Nope. Tony, you don't even cover baseball. Any he these home runs. He knows people Tony, you don't even go to baseball games like that. <laughs> I went to a bunch of White Sox games. Yeah, he's year. a White Sox partial season ticket holder. Oh, yeah. Tony went to like seven games. Now he's Mr. Ten, baseball. Ten. Thank you, sir. All right. If you remember, Russ, his first idea for how to improve it was, I guess, just like uh, one of those nets that kids have in their yard where they throw the ball and the ball bounces back to them. You'd have that instead of a catcher. That was his first idea was eliminate the catcher position, right, Tony? Yeah, make them all DHS. Let's stop asking Tony
1: things on our show, all right? Executive decision.
2: That's the whole show, though. We'll figure something out. It's going to be a strong pivot after this. Among the things that Tony has declared on the show, I think one of the things he declared at one point was that the pandemic was over because they're at least (laughs) over for him. Because he'd He's, been va- he he got vaccinated and he was good to go, right, Tom? And I got the booster and a flu shot. That's
0: uh. Yeah. I'm just going to keep his... taking all the shots that they suggest and a flu shot, yeah, uh, and a, and I just I a
2: couple of day quills or something.
0: Yeah, I'll I, whatever shot they got, I'm here for it. And the
2: rabies shot. I don't know if that's the best approach. I would like just a little more. Nope, don't think, need it. Thinking, I, I do lost. think I do think you should get a COVID booster. I do think it's a good idea, but I'd like you to like. I would like you to see to say something to me more like I asked my uh personal physician I asked my doctor and he said nope. I should rather than I'm just gonna like stick me with whatever you got
0: yep i'm'm I'm, I'm hoping okay. to get superpowers so all right whatever whatever they got bring it over Tony, here, the... Tony Tony
1: walks into the doctor's office yeah, go ahead and make me the cocktail <laughs> just bring it out <laughs> right
2: mix it all up yeah. Can you do it all in one shot? That'd be great. But Russ, uh, COVID has uh, really come back this week to professional yeah. sports where you have Chicago is kind of in the center of it too, where the Blackhawks had a game canceled, which I believe was the third game canceled this NHL season or postponed. It might end up being postponed if they can play it another time. Not because of an issue with them, but because of the Calgary Flames. Correct. And then the Bulls, the Bulls became – the Bulls were the first NBA team to have a game canceled this year, wasn't it? Yes. Am I right about that? They had two games canceled because, Russ, they can't even get enough guys. Like, their Rolodex has run out of guys that are not infected. As of the time that we're recording this, the Bulls, I believe, have eight players. And I, does that include Kobe White no? I thought, or no? It, I thought it was up to ten. It was up uh, to eight, ten as of eight, Monday, right? Ten players in the – I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Ten players right. in the protocol – uh, yes. Eight eight players not in the protocol. Eight players yes, so- is the minimum that you must dress for an NBA game. Um, and the NFL uh, has had 75 positive. I guess by the time you're listening to this, it'll be Thursday. So who knows? This this could be even worse. Yeah, It could be over by 100 then. by there. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday, the first two days coming out of the football weekend, 75 positive tests across the NFL, which is not that high of a number overall. But it is high compared to what we've been seeing for a long time. This had calmed down, but as what as happens, Russ, the sports leagues follow the numbers. In that, follow what's happening in the rest of the country and the rest of the world. There was two hundred thousand reported
1: uh, positive tests for COVID in the the last couple of days. Like that's it's an insane number. But I mean, if that makes like you said, like it's a A mirror of what's going on in these different leagues and and look it 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 got to a point where with a team like the Bulls who were thriving and had success and the only thing that have that has stopped them this season yeah is COVID apparently um and and it's one of those things where it's like how much will people care and when will people care because like the Bulls played a lot of games with eight nine players putting themselves at a huge disadvantage yeah Obviously, nobody's fault. Like, you can't really control guys getting COVID necessarily all the time. But, like, the league was kind of just like, hey, man,
2: that sucks. Yeah, but, figure uh, it out. Get, yeah. you, get your ass out here, Zach Levine. And then <laughs> buckets. One of the ways, Tony, one of the ways that they tried, one of the things the Bulls did was they signed Stanley Johnson as one of these emergency players or what do they call it, a relief player or something like that. With the uh, Hardship, hardship player. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. Um, I'd forgotten all about Stanley Johnson for one and didn't realize yes. what had happened. He was like a top 10 pick. I thought he was nice. Back yeah. when I was, I thought yeah, he was he too. He, he was a top 10 pick when I was covering the NBA, which is a long time ago. Yeah, uh, they okay. signed him as a, as an emergency replacement player. He goes on the list, I think a day or two later. Mm-hmm. So they've had, yeah. uh, they've, they've had two games canceled. Now the bulls are supposed to resume. Sunday against the Lakers. We don't know if that's going to happen. Russ, this really feels to me. I I know there've been issues since everything shut down back in March of 2020, but this feels to me like the biggest event since then. This feels like in sports, this feels like this has really kind of rattled throughout the three sports that are playing right now. No, this feels very 2020 like, which is unfortunate.
1: Um, And it sucks. And with, New variant, uh, was Omicron, Omicron, yes, Omicron, and the, the way these things are. Like what if episode have, out here? All these variants, you're, you're gonna have more variants, like that's just the natural cycle of these things. Like, there are gonna be more variants to pop up, and it's just, uh, you get frustrated. And there's a lot of, remember, like, I think three months of the podcast, was like, I have COVID fatigue. I yes. like that was just that was. You know, months, six months ago, when we talked about that now, it's just like, dude, we're about to go into year three of this COVID era. And it's like so draining. Yeah. And I think especially lately where you see like all these people getting COVID, all the people around the country getting COVID, seeing athletes getting COVID. And it was just like, you look on Twitter, it's like. This player has COVID, you're like, and then uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo de winning the pro- protocol yes. on Tuesday night. Like, yep, you have uh, and James Harden, like, you have significant players around the league, Odo Buckham Jr. in the NFL. Like, this thing is getting out of control. And like, the winner, no, no, I know a uh, Game of Thrones slogan, winner's
2: coming, but like, winner's coming, and yeah. like, who knows how bad this goes in the cold weather parts of the country? That's a huge problem, like where we live, and uh in a lot of the warm weather parts of the country, they aren't really taking a lot of precautions about this. So it sets up to be very problematic. I want to say that uh, James Harden's positive test or going into the protocol, whatever, whatever, for whatever I I, do, they in the NBA, do you know, do they go in for anything other than a a positive test? Tony, do they go in as close contacts or is it just a positive test? Do you know? No, they, uh,
0: they do investigations into like, okay, who's he with? Who's he around? contact tracing I, yeah they do the contact tracing um but i don't they since they do the daily testing like if somebody gets it everybody's getting tested regardless if you're vaccinated or not um and then if you got it boom you're out of here so like for the bulls um like every day they were getting hit because of the daily testing um and as we know like sometimes it may not pop up you right now until a couple of days later so you know you still get guys out here playing games While, you know, five players on the Bulls already had COVID, like, five is a lot. You have an outbreak. Like, and they didn't stop. They played another game. They went to Miami and played a game. The next day, Zach Levine, out of here. He played the night before. Did he not have COVID the day before? So it's like, when multiple players on the same team starts to have it, like, you got to say, all right, like, let's stop here. Before it gets progressively worse, and then you start spreading this across, you know, the league that you play in. Um, the the Nets, they had like eight players. Kevin Durant. Oh, that's had what a, had that, a, yeah, a, that's what I was gonna say. Is they had a triple-double tonight, but it's only because they had eight players.
2: They would not have had enough to suit up against the Raptors had Kevin Durant not played and played forty-eight minutes in going in a game that went overtime. They had mm-hmm. eight guys Russ, and it looks like they really only played six. So that's a lot of minutes. If, if you have like
1: the NBA and basketball, it's not like the other sports where you have 20 in NFL uh, uh, baseball. You have 26 NFL. You have uh, 53 guys on a the roster. There's 13 guys on a bench. Plus practice squad. There's a lot of margin in the NFL. Right. So like let's 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 say you have 13 guys on, a, on an NBA bench and eight of them get COVID. That's 66 percent of your team got COVID. 67 percent by the the decimal point like that's that's an insane amount and now you just like with the bulls they just signed it let me let's sign a guy let's sign a guy let's sign a guy and the guys are signing get COVID and the guys you bring up from the G League get COVID like it got to a point where you're you can't control the outbreak so how can you continue to sign people and that's when it was just like it seems ridiculous why the league can't step in and do something here because now this is no longer we just need to fill fill bodies on our bench. This yeah. is we have a significant issue within our building. Yeah. And how, bad, how badly do you want to sign return.
2: with the Bulls? I mean, how bad do you want to sign with the Bulls and walk in there and take a locker stall amid all of this that they're trying to well, figure you, out? You that would, is would, that's a scary situation. A yeah,
1: situation. yeah I know of, guys would risk it, but it's just
2: a, it's still just like, oh man.
0: But that's, that's, but that's the 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 microcosm of a, of the larger issue that I don't think we talked about is the league's not trying to lose any more money anymore. Like that was a none one, of them are correct one time thing for all and the, the players' unions in those leagues are not like, trying to lose any right. money, nobody's trying to lose any money anymore. So they're gonna push through this as best they can without yep. postponing any games because they are not trying to do that again. Um, and I mean, I get it and I understand it, but that's the world we're, we're in the capitalist society, right? The money comes first, always. For the 22. players'
2: union as well,
0: yes. Yeah, no. no uh, in general, the money comes first in America,
2: yeah, always. So but in, but decision. Russ, in this in this line of work, this is so different than a lot of other jobs. That this is a lot different than most jobs, uh, our jobs included. Where I, you can't really do this remotely. You can't hold no. a basketball practice or a football practice mm-hmm. remotely. The closest they can do is in the NFL when teams go into intensive protocol. Is it's like guys are basically only in the building for practice. And are only at the facility, I should say, for practice. And then they go home and do the meetings on Zoom or something like that. But you're still in the locker room. You're still on buses and planes going to games. You're still, if you're not quite in the intensive protocol yet, you're still going to have a lot of these close interactions where you're eating meals together and you're in meetings together. And it's extremely difficult to keep anything like this Tamped down in that environment, and now you're, you you gotta wonder if we're gonna start seeing more significant cancellations and postponements. This is very minor so far, but there was just talk this past weekend that they might have to at least move. Uh, uh, I think it was the Lions game. Was it Lions Broncos? They were talking. There was a, a a rumor that they might have to, or kind of a whiff of the possibility that they might have to move that game back a day. And you know that the NFL probably more than any of the leagues doesn't want to postpone or cancel. Because yeah. their schedule is very tight and you don't want to move to a second game, especially some cruddy Lions Broncos game into Monday right. night football or something like that uh, to compete against one of your good products. So I, I it, it feels like we're at the start of something that's going to be really bad. It, it feels like this is just the, t- the beginning of it. I feel like we should also uh, add this in
0: um, vaccine is not a cure, guys. Vaccine is not a cure. So if you're wondering, oh, we're just heading into the pandemic again, Um, I don't need to take the vaccine. Like, vaccine is not a cure. You need everybody to take a vaccine in order to stop a disease. And as long as people aren't getting vaccinated, um, as long as, you know, people are holding up their nose at it, not taking this seriously by not wearing their masks properly and literally holding up their nose at it. Right. Um, We're going to still be in this. We're going to still be in this. We're going to be raising our children's and future generations in this. We're going to be telling stories of what it was like before COVID after a while. My brother, Christian, uh, had a son and he's going to be raised en masse. Like we're going to be telling him stories of what life was like. Yeah, because he's going to he's literally going to be a sentient being understanding the world with a mask and that's the only world he's going to know because people aren't taking this as seriously as
2: they should oh even my kids russ are seven and ten and so they're i mean they're big kids but they even they are like kind of man i kind of don't remember what it was like before all this and this is quite a test for our generation too uh, at the ages that we are because we haven't had anything like this we haven't had a pandemic, like maybe our great grandparents did, or, you know, world war two or the great depression. We haven't had anything like that at all. And so to have this now going two or three years, this is, this is asking a lot of us we're having to stretch a lot for this. And we go through, you know, like, like Tony alluded to where we go through these times where we think, okay, we're, we're coming out of this. this. Is about that. That's gotta be the most deflating part, not just for sports, but for all of us to keep thinking at different points Hey, we're turning the corner on this. It's not over, but it, we're like, we're heading toward the end of this. We're about to get back to normal. People have been saying from day one, Hey, we'll, this won't always be like this. This will, this will eventually get back to normal. And it just no. going into, I think it's hard to even measure time anymore during this, but it feels but going into the third year of this, it's just, it just hasn't been true. It's been a lot of, a lot of false hopes thinking that this was about to quiet down. I mean, think where we were Russ, uh, six months ago, June, Mm-hmm. We really thought things were good then. No more mask wearing, no more anything, and we're right back. It feels like we're right back to where we were at the start of all this.
1: I, and to Tony's point about, you know, a lot of leagues are going to be like, "Yo, we're we're not doing this anymore. We're not shutting down. We're not going into um, cancellation of games or suspension of games or the league." Right. That goes with the rest of society too. Like I, I don't think after what happened, economically, economically over the last 18, 24 months, I, I don't think we're going to be headed for another quarantine period. So, to Tony's point about this continuing, I don't know how this ends, which is a very uh, deflating feeling. Yeah. But it, other than continuing to tell people to wear masks and get vaccinated, like, I don't know. like It, it feels hard to continue this fight, right? Like, how long ago was it where we were saying, like, I'm no longer fighting with adults about getting vaccinated? Not that we didn't want people to, because obviously that's going to be a big step in us getting towards the actual end of this. But like now, it's, you know, new variants coming and it's just, and it seems like this one is more transmissible than the
2: others. Like, yeah, it's difficult. I think that where this is going to manifest itself in sports, and I'm not, I'm not reporting this. This is not based on anything I've been told. It's just looking at it logically. Um, I think it's going to head toward maybe next year leagues being done with all the protocol and everything like that. And just saying, Hey, you know, do your best, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Uh, but it, you know, and if you get sick, you get sick. If you're healthy, if you feel like you could still play, then still come and practice and play. I think that the, that the fatigue overall of the protocol is going to reach a point like that next year where you're going to, you might see the protocol go away. You think that's possible or you think I'm crazy when I say that Russ?
0: Uh, I don't think that's possible. I don't think they're going to do it because they care too much about how things look. Yeah.
1: I was going to say backlash and optics from the public probably prevent that from happening. Do they
2: care more about that than they care about Aaron Rodgers not playing against the Chiefs? Yes. Because it affects the
0: entirety of the league from a public perception standpoint that we've seen them being moved easily by who they think their constituents are in terms of support of that said league. Um, If that said league is like, or fans of that league uh, is loud, at least on social media, um, they will be moved. So I think public perception keeps that at bay Um, than just kind of them going full look, we're just going to do what we do, and whatever happens, happens. I think they won't make that leap. I will say
1: I had a lot of hope and faith that – and this is a separate topic in the same vein. I had a lot of hope that reporters would be getting back in clubhouses and locker rooms, yeah. and it seemed like over the summer we were ge- getting back towards that, especially in baseball. Yeah, it sounded but, like it in baseball. But like even like during the postseason, back in um, – press conferences and stuff like that. Like it felt normal as normal as it had been since 2019. I don't know where that goes now. I think that's taken a big hit as well with all this happening. And, you know, you, you don't have a, a, a bigger star right now than Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? And if I'm the NBA, mm-hmm. I can't keep Giannis safe when he's not around people. So let's like, I, I can't let, you know, 12 reporters back into that locker room even though reporters as we often know are 99 percent vaccinated following protocols right. masked up etc yep. but uh that's also a deflating part of this in the field that we're in and the, yes. the thing we do for a living like a big part of this job is being able to um communicate with people and build relationships that way and in person it, it's a significant difference And I. I know we talk about it a little bit and fans might not always understand what we're talking about because you know we kind of do it for a living but like just in the if you break it down the sense of seeing your friends in person as opposed to seeing them on facetime even something like that you yeah. would feel a lot closer to your friends when you see them in person as you would seeing them on the phone like so yeah just it that's that's a difficult part of this for me where it's just like man like I I might not have that in the same way for two, three more years. And then by that time, it might become a thing, especially you talk about all the time in the NFL, like they might just say, we're cool on this forever, whereas it's collectively bargained in baseball. So yeah. we have a little bit more leverage
2: there, but yeah. Absolutely, you do. The NFL, I think, would be looking for a way to do this, to eliminate open locker room. And through all of this, the only people – Clamoring for open locker room have been the media, the players association in football and the league itself have not been like, Yeah, we need to get the media back in. There has been this odd thing since the very beginning of the pandemic in sports where it's been like, we got to protect the players from these dirty media members. And you have like from day one, you have Rudy Gobert pretending to cough on all these people's recorders and cell phones, and then he tests positive. And, um, like you said. You have to be vaccinated to cover any professional sport now. You have to, you have to be, Um, even if the players aren't. Even if the players aren't. But I keep thinking, like, even the way football is doing it, we're. And this may be different by the time you guys are listening to this. By the way, on Thursday morning, but uh, we were in there pretty much every day. We're in the press conference room, Mm -hmm. talking with Bears coaches and players, and there's not plexiglass between us. There are times during that when someone comes into the room and you put your recorders up there that you're not six feet apart at all. You're indoors. Uh, the person speaking is almost never wearing a mask. I, I don't know how much of a difference it would be to go from that to open locker room. I don't know how much more risk there'd be if we went to open locker room with some precautions in place or whatever. But, um, but to your point, the, when people get tired of hearing about media access, better media access always equals better content for you, the audience, the listener, the viewer, the reader, whatever it may be. And when you are left to only dig into significant personal issues, personal stories, compelling, rich material about somebody as a person and as a player, when you are limited to trying to uh, mine for that information, and mind for that emotion and those thoughts in a press conference setting where the person is sitting there up on a stage with lights and cameras, and you're in a room with 20 other people that are trying to get questions in. You're not that's not going to go very well. You're not going to get deep into somebody's thoughts. And even if you don't care about the human interest side of sports, you might care about how Robert Quinn is playing, you might care about. What he's doing as a player that's working so well for him. And you're not going to get a chance to dig in on a line of four, five, six questions in a row to get some answers on that to be able to then relate to people the way you would in an open locker room. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early
1: so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call
0: clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Do you guys have skunks? Do you have skunk issues where you live?
1: Uh I grew up in a wooded area, so it, it we were known to have one from time to time. Yeah.
0: Tony? No, no. Um the occasional uh
2: coon, um possum. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no skunk. It happens a lot where I live. You'll smell them wherever. You'll be driving home or whatever. And whenever it happens in our right in our area, for whatever reason, or maybe it's because our house is old or poorly insulated or whatever, we you can smell not like a full-blown skunk spray, like a skunk sprayed in the house, but you can smell it from in the house. And the other night, my wife was up in the middle of the night and smelled it. And in the morning, it hadn't really gone away. And she lets the dogs out in the morning. We have to get up on Saturday mornings. This is killing me, man. My daughter's in a basketball league and the games are all at 8 a.m. Tony, have you been to a game yet? Uh, working on it, definitely working on it. So yeah. no, all
1: right.
2: <laughs> last Saturday, a couple days ago was the last game tone. Well, still working on it, working on it. Okay. I think <laughs> if it had been on ESPN, you still wouldn't have seen a game because it's too early and it's too early for me. You get to the end of a long week. And this is like, for me, this is like affects my Friday night where it's like, I can't be up late and do whatever I want Friday night. Cause I gotta be up at like six 30 the next day to make sure my daughter gets to this game. Um. Anyway, in the middle of dealing with all that and for, you know, crack of dawn Saturday morning, my wife sends the dogs out and they don't come back. And we had the skunks in the backyard, and the backyard's fenced in, but usually the dogs just go out, go to the bathroom, come right back in. They didn't come back. So she looks out there and she's like, Oh man, there's a skunk still in the yard. And she thinks it's dead. She gets the the dogs in. So they'll at least leave it alone and stop rolling around and wherever it's sprayed, which is great. Um, I go out and look and that thing is not dead. It's not Fully alive. It's not living its best skunk life, but it's definitely moving its head and twitching and stuff. So I'm like, oh great! Like, what do I do with this? So I get my daughter out the door. I drive her over to basketball, and I call the number that I see for our city for animal control, and it goes to the police. The police answer the phone, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to call the police. I just have a skunk problem. And they're like, no, this is how it works. Uh, animal control is Monday to Friday, nine to five. If you call on the weekends, you get the police. I'm like, okay, so I guess you guys will send an animal control person out. Um, so I get a call like 10 minutes later from somebody. Yeah. And uh, from the city. And they say, hey, we're at your house. We got two options with this skunk. We can either call uh, like a humane society or something or some animal group and see if they want to come get it and rehab it. Uh, or, you know, I can euthanize it for you. Yes. And I'm like, well, you know, well, hey, look, if somebody's willing to come do the work, we can try calling them. We can try the plant. We can try option one first. Uh, that will be easier for me to explain to my children. My children will care about this skunk. Trust me, and they did. Uh, I get a call back like two minutes later. He says, "Yeah, I called the place and uh they don't do skunks, so I'm going to have to shoot it." Like, All right, <laughs> we're on to plan B. He says, "Yeah, but I'm not shooting a gun in your backyard uh, if you're not here. So you got to come." Back here. So I'm like, OK, all right, I'm going to drive back. I'm going to leave my daughter's basketball game and drive back to see uh, to see you put a bullet in a skunk. Sure. Um, I get here and it's a police officer. All along, this is an actual police officer. This is a guy who gang gang does. No, he does regular police work. But today his job is to come to my house and shoot an injured skunk skunk in my backyard and dispose of it. So I pull up and he gets out of his squad car and he's like, all right, let's do this. And he was not from animal control, like I said, but he looked like he maybe could have been like I, he might've, he might've had some history in animal control that might've been somewhere on his resume. Uh, but my wife and my other daughter hadn't left the house yet for the basketball game. They were about to. And I was like, but "Yikes! Man, let's, can we wait? Can we wait like five minutes here before we go, you know, take care of the skunk. Let my, let, I don't want to have to like, explain this or have my daughter ask me a million questions about a gunshot going off. And so he's like, okay. So eventually my wife leaves. I've never wanted my wife to be on time for a basketball game more than that day. I'm like, please, please be gone by the time I get home. And then she wasn't. So we waited that out. Uh, The guy's like, Hey, go. The cop is like, "Uh, Hey, go in the house and get me a trash bag. So we have something to put this in. And I go in, get it, come back out. And he's standing over the skunk without his gun, kind of like pantomiming, shooting a gun at it. Like he's Like he's never shot a gun before? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) He's been uh, watching
0: uh, Detroit Urban Survival Training videos. (laughs) (laughs) Probably all cops (laughs) have that type of uh, concern and care. Okay,
2: Tony. And I'm like, all right, so I guess let's do this. And he goes, no, I already did. I already shot it. It was already done, apparently. He's like, can you go get a shovel or something so we can put this in? Wait, did you hear it? No, I never heard anything. Which was very surprising to me because then I got – after we get all this done, we get this skunk. I, I got a snow shovel to pick up this skunk. And I'm holding the bag open, the garbage bag open. And I'm like, with my bare hands, I've got no gloves on. I'm like, please, for the love of God, do not let a hair of this skunk touch my hand because I'm not built for this. I am not an outdoors person in any way. Uh, I don't even like to pet a dog, honestly. Um, we put this bloodied skunk in a trash bag, and the officer is like on his way. And I'm like, Hey, thank you. I can, this seems like really something that shouldn't be part of your job. So I appreciate you handling this. And then as I'm trying to get to the back, to back out to my car, to go to the basketball game, like two different neighbors came out and stopped me and asked me, Hey, what was that? Why is there a gunshot coming from your house? And why is there a cop pulled out in front of the house? Like what's going on? What happened? And we I had to explain,
1: house, yes. Tony, <laughs> Tony,
2: Tony, that was, Tony, stop. Tony. Tony. Tony, stop. this is just a story about a skunk. Please just let him Forget tell the story. Like, Forget it. That's all no. that's how it ended. Fine. That's how it ended. We got the skunk out of here. I had to wash all the blood off my uh on. <laughs> the, the
1: funny part was Tony Jeff was like, we've seen your house guests. We know who be over here. What happened?
0: <laughs> like that. Come on, Tony. No. Hey, it's a black and white story.
2: Are you proud of that? Are you pleased with what you said? That's said by somebody. That's, like that's like a C. That's like a C minus joke. It's not even good. And it's said by someone who knows that no, none of their friends or family listen to the show. You mentioned Detroit urban survival training, Russ, and we are going to get to that in football your roundup. Boy's we, up, we, the, your boy's blowing
1: up. Since we, your boy's blowing up. We
2: are going to get to that in football roundup. You, uh, with Odell Beckham. And by the way, when Odell Beckham did that celebration, uh, the media had No trouble at all getting a hold of Detroit Urban Survival Training guy, uh, Dale something, whatever his name is. Um, Football Roundup, though, is going to be really good this week. And it will catch you up on all the news you need to know from the NFL weekend. And it is brought to you, as always, by BetUS. You can go to BetUS.com.pa and use promo code SportsAdjacent, all one word, for a 125% sign-up bonus. Start your account with $100. They'll kick you an extra $25 before you can go and place your bets. Here's a couple lines you want to look at this weekend in the NFL. Eagles minus 4.5 versus Washington. Bills minus 10.5 versus the Panthers. Then a couple big road favorites here with the Cowboys minus 10.5 at the Giants. And the Cardinals minus 13.5 at the Lions. Uh, You also have 49ers minus 10 against the Falcons. Sunday night football is the Bucks minus 11 against the Saints. And Monday night football, Vikings minus three and a half over the Bears at Soldier Field. I, You know what I think of when the Bears are on primetime, Russ? I try to picture like a guy who lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're yeah. probably cow- cowboy fans there, but let's just say it's yes. a guy who doesn't have a team. Let's say it's a guy that doesn't have a team, he just likes football. He watches the national games. He just likes to watch Sunday night football and Monday night football, Thursday night football, whatever, part of his routine. And he might not even realize who's playing until he turns it on. And he turns on the TV on a Sunday night or a Monday night and sees that it's the Bears. America is being force-fed the Bears for a second week in a row. Uh, The Vikings are 6-7, and and that is 8th in the NFC. It's really tied for 7th. There's going to be a bad team getting in in that spot, and there are a lot of bad teams – still alive the Bears are only two games behind them and play them twice Um, but the Vikings after they play this game they got to play the Rams and the Packers so that will probably be the end of the Vikings don't you think yes and should be yeah football roundup Russ Odell Beckham Jr. has been pretty good for the Rams not amazing but pretty good I, I think he. It, it's good. clear. It's clear what the issue was in Cleveland. It wasn't Odell Beckham Jr. Like he's been. Oh yeah. More than fine in yeah. LA. Uh, he's on the COVID list though, so you know, like everybody yes. else in the league, I don't know if you'll see him play Sunday. Uh, he's also been pretty funny, and in the big win over the Cardinals on Monday night, he had six catches for seventy-seven yards and a touchdown, which he celebrated by reenacting a segment from Detroit Urban Survival Training, a guy that we covered. Uh, thoroughly last week. So he had Van Jefferson, his teammate, point the football at him like a, uh, like they were doing a training exercise with a gun attack, and then he disarmed him much in the way that uh, the guy from... Can we call it dust? Do people call it dust, or do I have to say Detroit Urban Survival Training every time? No, nah, it's it's like a tribe called Quest. you got to say the whole thing. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I was uh, mentioning to you before we started this segment, the media had zero trouble getting a hold of Dale Brown from Detroit Urban Survival Training. After this, he called it amazing, unbelievable, incredible. He said he was literally shocked, uh, which is definitely misuse of the word literally. And he went on and on and on thanking Odell Beckham for, quote, showing an actual technique that could save, that people could use to save their lives. I I watched the video of him talking about it, Dale Brown, for about three minutes to TMZ, I believe it was. I, he I, he doesn't know that this is a joke, I don't think. I told you,
1: like, this man thinks he's out there saving lives, and all right.
2: Of, that's the, why pe- of the people <laughs> who understood the celebration that Odell Beckham did, he's the only one that didn't find it funny, I think. He was still on, like, yo, to increase your survivability. Like, yes, that is how you do it. That's how you do this, it. And then that, and you turn his arm, and then you point it back at the, <laughs> And now you're in heaven. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> that's one of two places you could go. That's the sad part of Detroit Urban <laughs> Survival Training is that uh, that's when it becomes unfunny. <laughs> you know, when somebody actually dies. It's, it's when someone tries it in real life. Now it's time for a Chicago
0: Bears segment we call
2: This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Russ, were you concerned as I was? And and let me preface this by saying everything's fine. Uh, were you concerned as I was about the Bears going into a season with only one good cornerback this year? They only had one good a lot of things. <laughs> but yeah. that was definitely an area of concern. You sense that that might be a problem in the modern pass-happy edition of the nfl especially
1: in a division that uh consists of Devonte adams mm-hmm. justin jefferson mm-hmm.
2: adam thielen yeah uh, or pretty much anybody uh no i mean you you could play if you're not uh, being team guarded team by team. Jalen johnson you'll probably be fine he's very good also well our boy Devonte adams <laughs> gave him a good lesson in footwork yeah, it's funny that you mention him, but uh, the advanced stats on that game were that Devontae Adams in this game against the Bears, which they won, uh, the Packers won 45-30, to 30, really fun at halftime, Matt Nagy said, really fun uh, when they were down, when they were up 27-21 to 21 and then got just completely walloped in the second half. Uh, Devontae Adams, when he's going against Jalen Johnson, had five targets, two catches, 19 yards, did get a touchdown off of that. Uh, Against everybody else, which this is a group of cornerbacks that includes Kendall Vildor, Artie Burns, a lot of guys that uh, Xavier Crawford, Marquis Christian, a lot of guys that would probably I don't even know if he played in that game, actually. Uh, But a lot of guys that would probably be on practice squads if they were cut tomorrow Uh, against everybody. But Jalen Johnson, Devontae Adams was targeted eight times, caught every single one of those balls, 102 yards, one touchdown. Big yikes. Continues to be a problem. You need cornerbacks. Uh, You're going to need them. And by the way, uh, you cannot really count on fixing that problem in the upcoming draft because you have a second-round pick and a third-round pick, and that's basically it.
1: I don't like talking about the Bears on our pod uh, for very long, but have you Mm – oh, you've seen Matt Nagy multiple times a week, every Mm -hmm. week. Yes. He – you know how they talk about presidents and how they age from the time they get in office to the time they leave. Yes. Have you looked yeah. at Matt Nagy lately? There's a lot of gray. Like even his face looks like he's weathered the like he's been to war. Like he does not look like the yeah. lively young. I think he was 36 when he got the the job. Uh, maybe 39 or something like that. You know, yeah. somewhere in thirties. Yeah. But spry and it
2: looks like mm-hmm. he it's energetic. Yeah. Does not look like that guy. Uh, in fairness, probably all of us that have been covering the team for the last three years have been aged by it as well, I would guess. Shit, watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has gotten to a weird point. I can't think of any other situation like this, and I was asking around guys that have been covering the Bears for longer than I have if it was like this with previous coaches. We're at a point, Russ, where we're in there in the press conferences prefacing questions to him with the likelihood that you'll get fired. And he is openly, this is openly being discussed by us and by him on a weekly basis. It is very, very odd really? to be covered, so y'all, so y'all covering a guy that. who you know is, and, and on top of all that, is being put in a position where he's asked to kind of be a caretaker for a future that he's not going to be part of. Yikes. It's the Bears' fault. They could oh, absolutely fire it
0: is. They could just yeah. fire instead of just trotting them out there every week, pretending like they're going to stick with them for yep. whatever type of inter company moral code that they have to keep absolutely have to keep a coach through a season when it's a business everybody knows what the get down is
2: like speaking of it's a business my grandfather asked me about that the other day and he said uh well they do fire players mid season don't they thanks yeah <laughs> Uh, Russ, did you happen to see – I don't know if you would have been watching Chargers-Giants, not that you would need to, but did you happen to see Justin Herbert's 59-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Guyton? Guy has a cannon of an In- arm. Yes, I did. Incredible. Yeah. Under pressure. He threw it so high. I, would, I don't know if there's been a statistic. If you can, like, check on that real quick, Tony, see if anybody measured how high that ball went. But he threw it, from what I could tell by my naked eye, it looked like about 64 yards of a throw. 59 yard touchdown pass. Looking, he threw it 64 yards through the air. Perfect strike. Uh, that guy is good. He was yes. 23 of 31, 275, three touchdowns, 133.1 rating. It's going to be fun watching him and Mahomes for years and years and years. Uh, on the season, Russ, he's averaging almost 300 yards a game. I don't know if you know because you probably mostly watch the Bears, but that's really good. Uh, oh, I know. 30- oh, that, that,
1: that's actually a false statement. I. Very rarely watch the Bears. I watch more of everybody
0: else.
2: Oh, heavy, you? Really?
0: Uh, yeah. Side note, uh, Herbert's pass traveled 63.8 yards in the air. Second longest completion in the NFL this season. This was Herbert's 10th career completion that traveled 55 plus yards in the air, most in the NFL since 2020. We haven't
1: talked about this often, Jason, but because of your statement, I'll, I'll clarify a little bit. Like, okay, I get enjoyment from football Mm -hmm. from the other teams in the NFL, not the team that I actually want to do well. Right. A lot, a big part of that. And I I would imagine for a lot of people, my age and even a little bit older because of fantasy football, I can enjoy the NFL and not watch the bears. Mm. Actually. It's made it a lot easier to deal with them being awful. Because it's like, uh, I have guys that I need to do well. It gets me into other games, and that's. And I think for the Bears, there's a lot of fan atrophy from the standpoint of, huh, I mean, yeah, I'd rather not watch this team,
2: and especially. I mean, that's your day off <laughs> most of right. the time. That's Sunday <laughs> right. afternoon. Um, right. I I have good for you, Russ, for coming to that place of peace in your sports fandom at. Was it, 26? 27 now. 27, excuse me. Uh, because I have only at 37 started, only just started to kind of make that turn to where it's like, you know what? Uh, the last few years, the Bulls have been so unwatchable. I'm going to watch other teams. I'm going to enjoy watching Milwaukee and Phoenix and whoever else. And it's coming to be that way for me with football, where I'll get home from covering a Bears game, And it's just in time for Sunday Night Football, and, like, the Chiefs are on. And I'm like, oh, I'd I'd watch this. And then I do. And I'm like, wow, this is so fun to watch. Football is actually, like, a cool game. And even, like, they're watching other teams make it.
1: You get sad thinking about, like, the lack of competence from an organizational standpoint. Right? Um, When it seems like everybody, every all 29 other teams, or 31 other teams, excuse me, uh, in the NFL, they do something better than the Bears.
2: I think the finally, Jaguars, the Jaguars have gone to an AFC title game, um, you know, in the last five or six years.
0: I think the fan is finally starting to realize that um, you don't have to support your team through thick and thin. That's always been weird to me. It's like if my if this team is incompetent, can't get out of their own way and awful. Why do they deserve my support? Like, No act right you will get my support and I think fans (laughs) are collectively finding out I don't have to support stupidity yes like I don't have to because all the other organizations make that unacceptable so I'm not going to accept this behavior from the team that I want to root for so no I'm not going to go to your games I'm not going to you know buy merch like it happened with the Bulls like Bulls fans were enough Bulls fans Mm -hmm. had enough And they were like, no, get Garpax out of here. Like, we can't take any more of this. It was open revolt. Right. And it came, to Michael Ransworth's credit, he made the necessary changes. Now look at the Bulls. Um, I wonder if the Bears can do the same. Say, we are an embarrassment to our fans every year. Fans are becoming louder about how we're running this team. Will they make the necessary adjustments? I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. (laughs)
2: Russ, if I say the name Brashad Perriman, does that ring a bell with you at all? Do you know who I'm talking former, about? Former former
1: very high draft pick who never reached the potential that he uh many who drafted him, many around the league thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Uh so used to familiar. have yeah, used to have Dredge, he's bald now. He was on the practice squad for the Bears, could not crack the roster, and then had a game winning touchdown
2: for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Did yep. I get all that? Uh, yep. No, that pretty much covered my Brashad Perriman update, yes. Okay. Uh, could not, Did not play a single snap for the Bears in two months. Catches the walk-off touchdown pass, which, by the way, uh, what was it? A f- uh, 58-yard touchdown pass. He caught that at the 50. I mean, most of that was him. It was amazing. Uh, and Although the only thing, I don't know if you saw the end of that. You had to really be watching here. Uh, the only guy moving faster than him was the, the Buc- guy to grab the who ran to he in to scoop up the ball. After uh, Mike Evans in that Bears
1: game gave
0: it to yes. a fan. They, they wanted no repeats of
1: touchdown number 700.
0: Right. I mean, eh, I'm not too mad at the Bears on that. That was his like, only catch of the game. It's like, yeah.
2: <laughs> I saw a headline about it, uh, maybe a second day headline in the Tampa Bay Times, Russ, that said Bucks winning culture rubs off quickly on players such as Brashad Perriman. And I think that. That's really when you hear culture in sports. That's really all it is. When you're winning, you have culture. When you're losing, or some coach will come out later and say, "Yeah, our culture wasn't good." It's just oh, like uh, your boy down in Jacksonville. Culture is just winning. Oh well, that's a great transition, Russ. Because let's check in on the Jaguars. They're two and eleven. Um, <laughs> so by my count, exceeding expectations. But Urban Meyer is. Hmm. I guess the nice way to say it would be having a rough go of it, but the more accurate way of saying it would be uh, a complete abomination of a uh, coaching job this season.
1: The best moment for Urban Meyer in 2021, when that girl was throwing it on him at the bar, (laughs) (laughs) like like it's been downhill since. bro. I don't
2: know that he would characterize it that way. Well, Maybe he would. Uh, The aftermath of that is one of many things that is stacking up in favor of him being fired. I think the Jaguars should fire him. And you know how much respect I have for Urban Meyer as a coach, as a college coach. He was, he was one of the greatest college coaches in recent history. And it's one of the kind of frustrating things about this, and it's his own fault, is it would have been really interesting to see, to do the experiment of what could he do in the NFL. And you're not really going to see that. And part of that is because he constantly is getting in his own way. Did you see the report that he – Went around and questioned every one of his assistant coaches on when have they ever won, basically calling them all losers. I sent, I think I sent that
1: tweet to our uh, our group chat with you, me, and Tony, uh, and said, "Jason, is this your king?" Um, mm-hmm. Jokingly, but like, I know you talk about his cachet coming over from college and the things he's he's done, but like, nobody gives a shit about that in the NFL. Like, what have you won in the yep. NFL? And yeah. to call the people that you're supposed to have m- the most faith
2: in losers that he has.
1: I've you've That's never won a national championship <laughs> in the NFL.
2: I mean, uh, Tony in, raises in a very college. good point about all yes, these losers. He brought, brought everybody
1: in. He brought yeah. them in. And like, what does that say about you as a leader where you're taking a crap on everybody that you've brought in and then coming back
2: and said, well, anybody who leaks that is fired immediately. Yeah. Right, which uh, you know, like not the craziest policy, but not something you need to say publicly either. Um, he also got into a screaming match with Marvin Jones, who is one of the very few established players on that team. People say he's like one of the nicest dudes in the NFL. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you know what it makes me wonder though. These uh, first off, I'm inclined to believe all of it. Yeah, uh, Urban Meyer has shot down all of it. I'm believing the report over Urban Meyer, uh, which if you have done that over time, you would be right a lot with Urban Meyer specifically. Um, I was picturing this meeting that he's having with his coaches and this exchange that he's having with Marvin Jones and thinking, my goodness, like what was he like with college coaches and college kids? Same way You
1: could bully around
2: who aren't getting paid. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had to have been worse. I mean, those guys had... No leverage at that point. Yeah, zero leverage.
1: It's coming out in the NFL because a- as a player, I'm making more than you, and you will be gone before I
0: will. And he's talking, yeah, yeah. he talking to adults. Talking yeah, he's talking to adults. everywhere. talking year old who needs you to get to the next level. Yeah, I mean, the Jaguars are stuck. From everything that I listen to and everything that uh, I keep up on about their Urban-, Urban Meyer situation, it leads me to the belief that he wants to be fired, um oh my gosh, but, tony but every but press the,
2: conference looks like he's hoping
0: yeah, for that to happen but the the owners of the jags the cons every step of the way we believe in urban we believe in his messaging and what right. he does and now they look they they look like idiots like for example as you guys know i'm a fan of the nail ever show uh the son of the owner comes on fairly probably once a month Um, And has to defend their choice because they don't want the narrative that's been uh, attached to the Jaguars, that they're idiots, that they don't know what they're doing. So they have to come out and support. He's been supporting him with his words on wax every step of the way. They have to
2: act like this was all part of the
0: plan. All part of the plan. Right. But it seems like to me, Urban doesn't want to be there. So he's like actively fighting the people that hire him every week. Every time something comes out and it's obvious to everybody, but to the Jaguars that he does not want to be there. So here's the question I
1: have to pose now with after everything you just said, Tony, do they a fire him or B they let him walk away due to insert
0: health complication. There's gotta be a buyout involved. I think he wants to get fired because he wants to keep the money. It's got to be a buyout. If if they go to him and say you can walk out, we can settle on a number right now. But you got to go. I think, I think, I think it's all about the money at this point. He signed a nice chunk of change as, to be the head coach. so' he contract. He doesn't want to leave that on the table. And the only way, and they don't want to fire him because they don't want to pay him the money. So now they had a stalemate. They don't want to fire him because they don't want to pay him, and they don't want to look stupid. They don't he doesn't want to quit. Right. He doesn't want to quit. Late. Because he doesn't want to leave the money on the table. So now they're just looking at each other every
2: week like. (sighs) They were the only ones that thought this was going to work. Facts. I didn't think it was crazy. I did think, though, that if Urban Meyer was going to take an NFL job, this was not the one to take. Uh, What were they, a one-win team or two-win team last year? I mean, this is not. this, This kind of rebuilding project, he's not built for that. He's built for rehabbing a college program. Uh, that's coming off Ron Zook or something like that, and he can get a top five recruiting class, a whole crop of the best, some of the best twenty players in the country coming in every year. And you don't get that in the NFL. You don't get that through the draft. You don't get that through free agency. And as unhappy as the Jaguars have got to be with this, because this, th- there's no way you can stay in this course. There's no way this is headed in a good direction. Every time I see a press conference on Urban Meyer, he looks like he hates his life devil's advocate
0: he wasn't necessarily wrong
1: you can't talk to people that way
0: facts necessarily on paper
1: this is not college this is the (laughs) nfl winning the nfl and then you talk to me like that.
0: and even then you can't talk to me like that like it's not like you're bill belichick bro you're urban meyer agreed but based on paper the resume that he wanted everybody to bring out he's the most winningest person there at football just I would have been, been like, bro, we have <laughs> two
1: wins.
2: Two wins. Rush, you know how when you see a story that's like from sources and it says, according to sources, and you think – I don't know if you do this, but I do as a reporter. I try to think who the sources are. Like, oh, is, this a, is there a team source and a player source? Is there all one, all 53 players on the roster. And the 10 assistant coaches. I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. this was like 63 sources – all telling them the same thing i think urban meyer it. <laughs> tony's on tony's on this play on this idea of like urban meyer is trying to <laughs> torpedo his own self to get fired and get the money yeah because he goes <laughs> he can always go back to college yeah. he can what always should he back do back. tone this isn't working well going to an 11 and calling all his assistants losers and mm-hmm. getting into it with uh the one respectable veteran that they, respected veteran that they have um isn't working what should he try next what do you got next on uh for, what's your advice to Urban Meyer to get fired but still get the money? Hey. He's already tried off-field scandal, as Russ yeah. mentioned, which, again, might also die. be the highlight of his year.
0: He's like, what else do I have to do? I have to <laughs> let somebody, you know. I censor myself there. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to say what I was thinking <laughs> to get him
1: fired, but that would get him fired.
2: <laughs> oh, Tony, try, try hurt feelings, Urban Meyer. Hurt, his feelings are hurt that he's uh, that he can't get himself fired from this horrible job he's taken.
0: Hey guys, what else do I have to do? Look, you see me trying. You know, I try every week. We lose by 50 every week. What is he (laughs) going to tell me? You saw me. You saw me laid up next to somebody that's not my wife. (laughs) What else do I have to do? I'm I'm arguing with one of the nicest players, and and by golly, he is one of the nicest people in the league. You saw me arguing with him. What else do I have to do, guys?
1: A couple of weeks ago, we had our Steph Curry appreciation episode and we will not hesitate to have a second Steph Curry appreciation. This one probably uh, the bigger of the two because Steph broke Ray Allen's record for all time three pointers in NBA history against the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Of all venues to do it in, that seems like the place where you should break an all-time record, Uh, hitting his 2,974th three-pointer of his career, putting him ahead of Ray Allen and uh, Reggie Miller, who is number three on that list, scoring 22 points, going five of 14 from three, and with those five threes, now sits at 2,977 threes all-time as of... Tuesday when we record this they don't play again until Friday night.
0: 2978, 78, one more. 78, one off. Yeah, 2978. Uh thank you producer for giving me the wrong number first.
1: Um but <laughs> just an absolute thrill to watch Steph night in and night out continue to change basketball. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this a lot. Tony, I know you talk about it a lot. Our guy Jason Goff talks about it a lot like appreciating greatness when it happens like it's so fun watching that and knowing like when i talk to my kids in 15 20 years about steph curry i'm gonna talk about him the way my dad talks about magic and bird and jordan and isaiah thomas and reggie miller and mm,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. You a haters, it was listing like a dozen guys, Tony. Look, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you give get all your bullshit off on this.
1: I can't even explain my all time great conversation that I'm gonna tell my kids in 15 years without you coming in with some. You know what this is like? Damn. You know what this is like, Russ? This is
2: like when I I don't like talk a lot about work when I get home. But sometimes something will happen at work where I'm like, "Oh, I got to tell Ashley about this." This is like if you had to pick some things that you wanted to tell your kids about from what the NBA was like in this time, you you would come home and from work and talk about Steph Curry. This yes. would be one of the things you'd have to bring up. It'd be like LeBron and him, and maybe yeah. Ke- Kevin Durant would be the guys that yes. like you'd feel like, "Hey, I, I get you know, I was at work all day." 20 years ago. These are the guys I need to tell you about now that I'm home. But like before I was really interrupted by Tony. Yes. He, t- uh,
1: Steph Curry's an all time great. And I Just think like it's Gregory awesome. Mellon. I'm, not- Jason, please.
2: <laughs> Go like ahead.
1: Sometimes I need you to have my back as the co-owner of this podcast. That's true. And like, l- let me do like the the logical explanation, realistic, just let me get my thing off. And then you guys can come in with the jokes. Like when you, when you come in with the jokes and backing up Tony, when I'm making a logical point,
2: Jeez, I've upset you. I'm sorry. Go back to, nah, Steph it's Curry. too late effort. I don't even care. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved a couple of days ago when Steph Curry was talking about getting it all in one night, hitting 16 yeah. threes in a game. And then he said later that he regretted that, but I was thinking like that makes a regular season basketball game so much more interesting. Just And the fact that. Out. Go ahead.
1: The, oh my bad, the fact that we thought that that was a possible realistic. Yeah. We said it like, I don't know. Do
2: it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe how many shots did it take him? 19. I don't know. Yes.
1: That's, I think that
2: just speaks. I, to I love that idea though. Of like, Hey, I'm going to try to break the record tonight. Everybody tune in. Hey, I'm going to shoot for, uh, I'm going to try six. I'm going to try to hit 16 threes tonight. We should start doing that. That, should, that would make regular season games so much better. Hey, I'm gonna, uh, I'm going for a triple double tonight. Let's see if I can do it. In lieu of the uh,
0: rivalry, I mean, ultimately, out of kind of just what ha- what happened in the NBA, where players aren't sticking to one team, the rivalry game has disappeared. So um, the regular season game that makes it interesting is the stats. Yeah, can he do this impossible thing that hasn't been attempted before? That's the only way it makes regular season games interesting for the average you know player so him doing that absolutely draws you know eyes and, and things like that and um the only reason why i like i kind of you no know, one want to just get in just a little bit on you know russ's point is like i get he's mentioning great players but like is this is like a tier thing right where like you mentioned like isaiah and reggie great players they're in the hall of fame you know but like steph is is On the tier with LeBron, Magic, Jordan, Bird. That's why I
1: started with them,
0: Tony. But, but, but like, I think you diminish it by mentioning Reggie Miller and, you know, (laughs) Reggie held Reggie held the record until Ray (laughs) Allen was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. Don't you're 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 being
1: semantics, man.
0: No, no, I'm being. Steph is. Like, just because he broke this specific record, which is a shooting record, he...
1: Bro, I literally talk about him being an all-time great all the time, Tony. I, I,
0: know, I You I can't think... take a, a, a fraction of what I say and make that be the biggest point. I think, I think it's... All right, real quick, I just think it's disrespectful
2: to put Reggie Miller and Steph Curry <laughs> in the thing. That's it. You can think it. Uh, Russ has tried to do a segment that's a tribute to Steph Curry, and you've now accused him of it being disrespectful. Yes. I'm the because one that came with Steph Curry
1: Appreciation great, he, Day on this podcast.
2: <laughs> that is correct. But you're, you're, you're making that accusation, Tony, because he has mentioned one of the greatest shooters of all time, Reggie Miller. Black Cal Corver.
1: That's mad disrespectful.
2: <laughs> it's also not much of a contribution at all. Um, Steph Curry, over the last seven seasons, Russ, has attempted 11 threes a game. There weren't There weren't players like that when I was a kid.
1: There
0: weren't players attempting half of those a game. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's insane. It's like, how long have we been doing math in the history of the world? Nobody figured out, if I get good at this one thing that's worth the most points in this game, I could probably be really, really good at this. And Steph just kind of like doubled and tripled down on the theory and just blew it out of the water. It's like, it took us, you know what, up until the last... What seven years to figure out that three was more than Mm -hmm. two, and Steph was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna take more of these than everybody has ever done it, and I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna score more than anybody that has
2: ever, you know, done it. He's the best at it, he has been at a time of maximum games, yeah, at a time of maximum efficiency, he has been the maximum efficient player of that era. Russ, you want to guess how many threes per game Reggie Miller attempted for his career? When I tell you that Steph Curry has shot 11 a game for like the last six or seven years, Reggie Miller for his career, would you like to guess? Five, four 4.7. Yes. So not yeah. even half of that. I mean, totally different player in a totally different era. Reggie Miller, one of the greatest three point shooters ever. One of the a hall of fame shooter, uh, Steph Curry playing the game miles ahead of where Reggie Miller was back then.
1: To, to break a record like Ray Allen uh, set all those years ago and do it in half the games, to do that in 789 games, Mm -hmm. that doesn't, that, your brain almost can't fathom that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ray Allen,
2: sheer greatness. Ray Allen shot 40%. Where would you put him? Not, not, you don't necessarily have to rank him as, uh, as best players, but where would you, would you say Steph Curry has been your favorite player to watch
1: uh yeah it's talk about all time yeah he's up there in the it's nice, nice fun to watch um yeah. but we talked about it i think a couple of weeks ago like he's going to be approaching when he's all said and done he's going to be in top 10 of all time territory especially with the rings the mvps and now to add another significant record to his you know resume he'll be a top 10 all-time Guy, when it's all said and done, I think he's, he's
2: 33. He's 30. Go ahead, Tone. What? No,
0: I, saying, I think he's there now. Yeah, yeah. He, you're he s- knocking on the door of top five, probably.
1: Yeah, when he's he's done, because who knows if he wins another ring? You, he already has three. Yeah, and his career's not close to being over. Like you get in that four or five range, not a lot of guys. who There's not a lot of guys with three. So you get on that in that four or five range, you're you're in rare air.
2: Two MVPs as well. That's pretty rare for anybody to win. Two, uh, he's thirty three, and I think his game is one that will age well. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not overpowering people. He is not driving to the rim. He is winning through shooting, and shooting is where they tell these guys to go when they hit thirty three. You're like, hey, if you're Dwayne Wade or James Harden, like, just when you get to that age, it's it's shooting. It's all going to be outside shooting. Add that or or enhance that in your game, and you'll be able to play an extra however many years. Curry's already maximizing that. I mean, I think I what does he have? Four years left on his contract or something like that to play to 37 or something like that? That that doesn't seem outrageous given the way that he plays. It seems like he could still be a good player at that age. Uh, and with Dr- Go ahead, Tony.
0: No, I was gonna mention, I don't know if you guys saw Stephen A, and I know he's full of hot takes, and nobody really takes Stephen A seriously as a um you know thought provoking guy, but he brought up an interesting topic that, you know, we've been spending this whole time, you know, comparing LeBron to MJ, but if Steph wins this year's MVP, right, which is he's leading, if have Steph... He be the lead for that right now. If, they have the best
2: record in the league mm-hmm. at 23-5. and five.
0: And if Steph wins the championship this year, we may need to start adding Steph to that conversation. Like, I mean, in terms of just the resume, adding another MVP plus another finals championship ring, like he may need to be in that discussion of like in that tier. Like it's tough to put a little guy in Magic, Jordan, LeBron, T Kobe Tyria. Yeah. But you gotta put him in there if he gets these accolades. And he's on a better team than LeBron. And at least for the next two seasons, he's still probably gonna be on a better team than LeBron. So it's like when do we start? and I know he's a little guy and it's really tough to get those little guys in there, but he's different. Well, no, that's why I talk about the
1: rarefied air that, that that's one of the things I'm talking about, like to get to that level of success in a career, there's not like, I'm not including Reggie Miller in that discussion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not including a lot of those guys who might have was able to get one. Right. Was able to win one MVP. Like when when Giannis is done, Giannis is probably in terms of resume, who knows if Giannis is going to get another ring or not. But like the fact that he has one with the resume that he has, he'll likely be in that, you know, that accolade range. But uh, no, he Steph is definitely going to be in that. There's four or five guys allowed in this V.I. section of the club.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, He'll definitely be able to get in. Russ, they are 23-5 and top of the league as of the time that we're recording this. They have the best point differential in the league, 11.6 per game. And they don't have Klay Thompson. They're this good. And everybody thought this was going to be on its way out for them. That once it started to fall apart – and it's true most of the time. In any sport with any team, especially a great team, you see it over and over and over. Once it starts to crumble, it's very rare – that you can reverse that, and they have reversed it with basically the same guys, except yeah. Durant being yeah. and gotten younger players around mm-hmm. them, like guys who can defend. Like, yeah, but the same
0: core. It's the same core yeah. that has pulled this back, and and really, it's him. It's just him. It, it, I mean, and Jason. And that's the thing. Clay Thompson hasn't even been around. That's the thing, though. Like, yeah. people have been disrespecting Steph on level of it's the system. Like, no, nah, man, he's the system. He's the yeah. reason why why they're good. He's the reason that makes that what makes what they're doing works like him exclusively. And we, we thought it was clay because clay is an excellent shooter and defender. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, it's, it's him. It's him. People thought he was just a high ceiling guy where he makes your good team and puts them, you know, over the top. He's not a high floor guy. Nah, he's a franchise guy. When you have him on your team. You are a better team with him on that, regardless of what players you have on there. So, yeah, like he's proven all, all those you know, critics wrong about what Steph is and, and his legacy in the league. He got that team
1: last year. We like, he got that team last year to the playoffs, and that team yep. was not good. And they yep. won, you know, 20, 30, 39. Uh, ga- yeah. I mean, there was
2: the eight seed in the West. It was a 72 but, game season. They, they were above 500.
1: But I'm saying, like, mm. he got, like, they, they shouldn't have come close to the playoffs yep. or yeah. the play in. And he got them in there playing. Fantastic basketball last year, so, um, yeah, man, Steph is an all-time great, and it's did, just fun to continue to watch him
2: ascend. Did you think that this would happen when when you're looking at them having a 15 win season a couple of years ago, and everything's falling apart coming out of the finals against Toronto? I believe that was. Is it, do I have the timeline right there? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think so. Yeah uh, did you did you think they'd be able to get it back?
1: I thought organizationally, like after the way the KD thing ended and um, Clay's injuries felt so deflating Yeah, for a lot of different reasons, it felt like, all right, man, maybe they get to the playoffs and, you know, they have that experience and they'll always be, you know, a threat to somebody, but never at a level where I'm like, yo, they're a title contender again. No. Yeah. Um, And not because they weren't good or because Steve Curry isn't a good coach or Steph isn't an amazing player, just like some things run
2: their course. Usually. And usually once that happens, then it starts to break apart. And maybe Draymond Green wants out and maybe Klay Thompson wants to go play for wherever. Usually that's, usually that's all part of it. And it hasn't been there. Those guys have all wanted to still be part of it. And it's really those three guys. And among that group, Curry, who has brought this back. With great organizations. Do
1: you understand how to keep the, the great times rolling even if certain things change. Yeah, you don't have KD anymore. You had your success before KD. You had the success with KD. Now you're having the success without KD. Like, look at the Patriots. It wasn't the same every time they went back to the Super Bowl. Look at the Giants in baseball. It was a different group of guys. They had their main core, Posey, Bumgarner Sand of all those different guys like the Red Sox when they like. Good organizations find a way to continue to keep success going, and the Warriors have found the recipe for that. They have the right core. They have the right head coach. They have the right front office, and they've been able to do that.
0: Yeah, shout out to them for not panicking.
1: Yeah, a lot of organizations would have done that for sure. You start trading guys like, well, let's go ahead and get some picks and, you know, rebuild around James Wiseman. Like, you start doing that, and that's the other thing. I'm had their number one overall
2: pick, James Wiseman, and he's coming back too. Mm-hmm. Scary team, man. They're going to be back on top, and they're going to be just like you see with uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. just like you saw with the Warriors a few years ago and the Heat before that. They're going to be back on top, and they're going to be right back to being a destination where everybody wants to come there where like when you see Durant come there and it didn't really work out, we saw DeMarcus cousins go there. You see a lot of role players guy like they're getting guys on the cheap that want to be part of that. It's a fun way to play. They're really good. It's a coach that people like in general. So they like working for Steve Kerr. The, everything about this is going to become an attractive situation again, where their success feeds more success, where they're going to get all the guys. And then you start hitting on sleepers that people missed on guys
1: like Gary Payton, uh, the second who was a, a really good player in college, had to go the G league route, had some different stops. And now he's a legitimate player for them on the defensive end. You have a guy in Jordan pool who had to find his way in the G league That dude's scoring 18 points a game. When clay comes back and he goes to the bench to have 18 points, you can pull off the bench as your six, six man, like come like they have, there's not a lot going wrong there and they're only going to get better. So Yeah, it's, if you thought that thing was over, sorry, buddy, it's not.
2: Would you like to hear the news that we didn't get to, Russ? (laughs) Yes. It starts with J.R. Smith, who we have been following with great interest in his post-basketball career, mostly as a golfer. Uh, But he is more than that. J.R. Smith puts the student in student-athlete. He just finished his first semester at North Carolina a and would you like to guess what his grade point average was? 4.0. That's because you're not guessing. You already know. <laughs> this is headline news. J.R. Smith with a 4.0. And and people have been goofing on J.R. Smith for a long time. And really so. most of it is deserved. <laughs> but good for him, man. Good know, for J.R. Smith.
1: That's an awesome story. Like, I've had so much fun, like, He's really enjoyed being a student and uh he said a couple of weeks ago that he thought he was going to be a couple points short of getting a 4.0 and he was disappointed and then found out after his finals and stuff that he would have it like that's a really cool
2: that's that's awesome good for he him He said I can't even describe the feeling I ain't even going to lie to you a lot of hard work went into that bleep And to that I say to a 36 year old yeah that's what that's what college college is like yes that's what you should expect. I mean, he never he went. He be a never lot got work. to go. This is this, work. this was 18 years after. I'm rooting 12, for him. I, I love seeing him do this. I, I love the whole thing, even the golf part of it. I pulled up, by the way, if you have ever, uh, you know, gone to like any of these college websites and they have player profiles and everything. When you pull up a college website and you find on the golf team the profile picture of J.R. Smith, he looks, he looks very old. That is not the face of a guy that's on the college golf team. Let me show you by comparison. uh, And this is not good for for audio, but maybe, um, you know, you can just imagine this is Anthony Ford, another player on the golf team. Yeah, Jr. son, he could. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Formula One driver Lewis Hamilton. You remember we talked about him last week selling his New York City baller penthouse for almost 50 mil. Uh, he had a controversial. He he lost the uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix on a controversial restart. I don't know how much Formula One you watch. I don't, but it sounds kind of fun. Like I might I might want to check it out sometime. Uh, costing him his eighth title, but the upside is he is going to be knighted. In fact, by the time this podcast comes out on Thursday morning, he will have already been knighted. He will be Sir Lewis Hamilton. All right. That's, that's cool. That's, I mean, it's no, not something we sure. do here, but it's cool. Lame- <laughs> Lamello Ball. Yeah. He has partnered with a watch company in Hong Kong. I believe that this is pronounced Memorigen. like a combination of memory and origin. Memorigin. Memorigin. Right. Take your word for it. Uh, releasing two watches, uh, both with his face and name on them which would seem to really kind of narrow the market of who would be interested in these. But hey, uh, the black one, which is made of steel, costs $6,800. And if you're doing really well, you can buy the red one that has 226 diamonds and is expected to retail for 15 grand. That is 15 grand for a watch with lamello Ball's face on.
0: Makes sense. I mean, they were charging people $2,000 a shoe. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, doesn't and make sense worn. for shoes that never like got delivered, right? Facts and would rip <laughs> continually.
2: Russ, you mentioned Steph Curry as one of your favorite players, and um I know that Kyrie Irving also is. Have you I heard like that he's? Have you heard he's uh, possibly coming back? <laughs> as soon as they get the vegan shot. I'm not sure what exactly it's going to take, but uh, Shams is reporting renewed optimism. So I don't know if that means Kyrie's going to get a vaccine, or they were floating that maybe he would just play in road games. But they've man, already covered this. The Nets already said they're not going to do thing,
1: that. Dog, I'm, just, I, I'm. We don't have to go through it until I see that man on a court. I'm. I'm act like he's not playing for the Nets.
2: There's a little bit. It's not exactly the same apples to apples, but there's a little bit of the Ben Simmons thing of um, who's looking around for him to be there. Who's who's asking? Where's Kyrie? Because they're 20 and eight without him. And when they don't have half the team on the covid list or whatever they call it in the NBA, they they look pretty good. They they seem like they're going to be fine, especially in the east without Kyrie. He's already lost at least 10 mil. It's a lot of money, man. It it is. Even if you've made a lot of money, that's a lot of money. Flavor Flav was driving from Vegas to Los Angeles in the rain uh, through Latuna Canyon, California, and a massive boulder rolled down and hit his car while he was driving, Russ. Is he okay? He is okay. Great question. Very caring of you, Tony. He says he's fine, uh, but had he been... Driving even, you know, just if it had hit just a little bit, if he'd been going a little faster or a little more uh, to the left or whatever, it could have. It was a big enough boulder that he said it could have killed him. Instead, he's all right. Flavor flavor is good. Uh, big dent in the front right uh, corner of the, the front right headlight of his uh, his white Audi.
0: Shout out to the to the go of reality TV. He started all this oh, flavor of love, man. That's love one them. of
1: my, <laughs> you were a
2: big flavor of love guy. Oh, that was one of my favorites. It was every, so every
0: Sunday night, boy, we was there
2: here for it. Do you know the show, Russ? Do you know what it is most famous for? <laughs> yeah. Do you know the most famous moment in the history of that show? You inform our listeners who, who didn't see it. One of the contestants pooped on the floor. And finally, Russ, we've had two major camel incidents in the past week. Camels. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you both of them. You can tell me which one you want to hear about Uh, or both in Saudi Arabia. It might be both. We'll see. But probably not. In Saudi Arabia, uh, there were more than 40 camels disqualified and ejected from basically a camel beauty contest. I think it's probably similar to what we do with the like dog shows and stuff here uh, for the camels using Botox and other cosmetic enhancements. That's in Saudi Arabia. Uh, the second camel incident was a camel escaping a nativity scene in Kansas. So dealer's choice. Which one you want? Uh,
1: uh, Botox.
2: Camel the Botox. The Kansas one is funnier. Uh, just do the one you were going to do. There, so <laughs> just, just do the one you were going to do. Well, the one I was going to do was both of them. Uh, in Saudi Arabia... There is that you could understand why people are putting Botox in camels, rust because there's sixty six million dollars in prize money available here. Jesus. Okay. This is a big prize for having the most beautiful camel. Yeah, we go get a camel. Uh, here's the criteria. Here's what they're looking at on this camel to determine if it is a beautiful camel. The shape of its head, its neck, its humps, the way it's dressed and its posture. And here are the things you cannot do that many of these camels were guilty of doing as far as cheating Botox, like I mentioned, uh, stretching their lips and noses using hormones to boost muscle. Uh, there was something new and something with rubber bands to kind of change the shape of their faces and using filler in their face.
0: Whatever. Hashtag, whatever it takes. Captain America (laughs) said that. Okay.
2: Uh, the, the camel that escaped the nativity scene, um, which I'm sure it was thrilled to be part of, got loose Saturday night in Kansas and kept the police busy all gosh darn day the next day, Russ, on Sunday. Did you know a camel can run 40 miles per hour? I did. You did. I wouldn't have guessed yeah. they're that fast, but it makes it kind of hard to catch. And uh, it was running uh, you know, up and down this highway in Kansas. They eventually had to lasso it. Uh, the Bonner Spring Police Department says that the camel was caught returned to its owners and quote, will go back to doing camel things, you know, like posing in a nativity scene. Wasn't winter. here. Uh, wasn't here for white Jesus in Kansas. Stop making these animals do stuff. They don't want to do. Which one riveted you more, Russ? Don't ask me questions like that, Jason,
1: you know, I love them so much. Um, Neither, though Uh, That's gonna do it for Sports Adjacent This week As always, our show is Sponsored by BetUS Log on to BetUS.com Use our promo code Sports Adjacent Get a 125% Sign up bonus when you deposit your first $50 Uh, Like, comment, subscribe Give us five stars on Apple Listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher Wherever you find your podcasting content Uh, gentlemen, anything else before we let the fine folks go? That'll cover it. For Russ Dorsey, Tony Gill,
0: Jason Leisure, my co-host, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
1: I'm very much a Jason. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James?
0: You adjacent to the mother...
2: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger
0: app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.